Hey everyone, welcome to episode 76, Learned Helplessness. Meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to lesson. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. Doesn't that sound like a really fun title? So it's actually a term in psychology that I learned when I was teaching, and it applies to so many areas of our lives, of your children's lives, and you'll see it in other people, and you'll also see it in yourself, and just know that it's completely normal. Now, what I always hope in this podcast is that awareness is what I bring to the table for you and for myself. But I don't want you to use this work in this podcast as a baton to beat yourself up. This is the empowering podcast. This is not, why aren't I where this person is? Why did I have such a troubled childhood? Why do I have that ex-husband? Because then you go into victim mode and then they are the villain. And that, my friend, is a lose-lose. You never wanna be the victim and villain in any of your stories. You wanna be the victor. You wanna be victorious. You wanna be empowered. This knowledge sets you free, empowers you. I remember listening to Dr. Shafali's book and it was like, Eureka, if I'm the problem, that means I'm the solution. Not that something was wrong with me and not that something is wrong with you, but just understanding how our brain works and the ego game on like Donkey Kong and know that the ego comes from such a good place, but it comes from such a scared and lack place and such a controlling place. Whenever your ego is roaring up, whenever we feel super like we're turning into control freak, Brooke likes to call us control enthusiast, which I definitely have that banner and I have that medal and I have that ribbon. Whenever we want to be controlling of someone or something, then we know that it's ego. Then we know that it's fear. And then we know that it's lack. Play out the worst case scenarios. Play out all the things that we're scared about. And you realize it's not that bad because all you'll feel is a human emotion. And I don't know about you, but I think I felt them all. Sometimes I feel them every day. Sometimes I felt them deeply. Sometimes they're just a passing thought. But just know that no emotion can kill you. It's not going to set you on fire. And then you're not so scared of them. We're taught as kids, as society, to never feel negative emotions or the tricky emotions. And when we do, something has gone wrong. And when something has gone wrong, we must fix it. We must control the C, which is the circumstance, to make them change. And I don't know about you, but other people do not change just because you say to change. If they did, I would sell the book, How to Change People. So my goal with this podcast has always been to take control of the raffia, take your eyes off of them, and then stay in your lane. So learned helplessness, you might have experienced as a child, or maybe you're having your own children experience it. So I'm going to explain to you what it is. And then you, just like everything else, you're going to plug and play it into your life, into your situation. And awareness is key. Once you're aware of something, then you can fix it. But when it's a blind spot, you can't fix it because you don't know what you don't know. Isn't that cool? It sounds so simple. Learn helplessness occurs when an individual continuously faces a negative, uncontrollable situation and stops trying to change their circumstances, even when they have the ability to do so. 
For example, a smoker may repeatedly try and fail to quit. I help people lose weight, and I see this so many times because they've tried so many things before that they're very nervous to try something else because other things have hurt them, so they have flinched away from other things. And so when a new thing comes into their arena, they're scared to try it because they don't want to be hurt again. They don't want to flinch away. So instead, they fail on purpose ahead of time to avoid feeling rejection, to avoid feeling failure, to avoid feeling disappointed. Even though they're disappointed in the current weight that they are, they don't make an effort because they've been hurt before and they flinched away before. So making an effort opens up that vulnerability again to be hurt again and to be disappointed and maybe rejected and maybe fail. And they're like, nope, I'm not going to do that. So I'm going to fail ahead of time because the risk is too great. So that's learned helplessness in a nutshell. And if you've ever tried to quit smoking or quit drinking, or like I'm trying to get a streak on the Bible app where I'm trying to read the Bible every day and on the app, it keeps track of how many times you've logged in and you've done the things and you've done the lesson. And I'm sensing some learned helplessness because Lily's on like 185 and I can't get into double digits. And once I do, it sits me down to zero if I miss a Saturday because the streak is if you miss a day, you have to start all over. So it's like back to back and she's on like 185. The highest I got was 19. And then I forgot a random Saturday. Sunday I wake up, I'm all excited to get to my 20. Boom, back to one. I'm like, bro, are you kidding me? This happens a lot in big areas and it happens a lot in small areas. Because if you've ever been in a relationship and you've been hurt, when you go into that next relationship, the brain remembers that pain and it says, oh, ho, ho, we're not gonna do that again. So then it holds back a little bit. So the same thing goes when you're trying something new. It's like, whoa, ho, ho, we've tried weight loss before. We're not going back there. No, hoo, hoo. I know you're uncomfortable in your own skin, but we're not going to even risk that because that was so painful. If you've ever had an issue with a friend or a breakup with a friend, when you have a new friend after that, you're like, ooh, I got to hold back here because that pain was so strong. No way, Jose, am I going to do that again? And sometimes kids feel this when it comes to sports or when it comes to grades where they feel like they have to get straight A's because that makes mom and dad proud. And if they get straight A's, then mom and dad are proud. So then they put super duper amounts of pressure on themselves to get straight A's. And then when they get B's or C's, they're so afraid to tell mom and dad. And sometimes it backfires where they just give up completely because they've been white knuckling the straight A's. Or if you've ever white knuckled to stop drinking or slow down your drinking, or you've ever white knuckled to say no to donuts and then you have one donut and it's like, well, I have one flat tire, might as well slash all the other three. That's learned helplessness. When it's the inability, it's almost like you're clipping your own wings and sometimes other people will clip your wings. A lot of times this shows up in parenting and you might've had this as a child where your parent loved to feel needed because it fulfilled an unmet need that they did not have within their childhood. So they create this enmeshment and codependency where the child overly needs the parent and the child cannot think for themselves, cannot do for themselves, cannot even pick out their clothes for themselves because they're so used to someone else doing it, but they don't know because they don't know any different. Everybody wants to feel needed. It's not a bad thing to feel needed. You just don't want to use your kids as a pawn to fulfill an unmet need to try to heal an old wound in current time. Does that make sense? I was talking with a mom and she's having such a hard time with this split custody. She lives about five miles from her ex-husband. And when the kids are with him, she's always dropping by. Did you forget this? Did you forget this? What about this? You forgot your phone. You forgot your charger. You forgot your blanket. You forgot this. And she every day was creating a sense of feeling needed where she wasn't needed, but she was creating that within them. And so then when they were with her, they would always leave things at 
the dad's house because they were so used to swooping in and someone would save the day. So there was so much back and forth when it was 50-50 custody. It was actually 100%, 100%. She would see them no matter what because when they were with her ex-husband, she made sure, unconsciously of course, that they would forget something, that they needed something. So she was actually clipping their wings because that sense of independence and they're away from her every other weekend, that sense of independence was so terrifying to her. So she created a learned helplessness within the kids And so it was creating this, I forgot my homework, I forgot my folder, I forgot this. So there was so much back and forth, but it was fulfilling an unmet need within herself. And she was using her kids as a pawn instead of feeling that sense of loss, instead of missing her children. So they were all over the place, leaving stuff here, leaving stuff there, but it was fulfilling a need within herself. And she was using her kids. A lot of times we use our kids as a pawn to heal an old wound in current time or to fulfill an unmet need or to fulfill a need that isn't their job to fulfill but we give them that responsibility. And that is too much burden for them to carry. You can imagine what messages does that send to the child? And then what messages do they internalize? And then how does that show? Because whenever you have a behavior, whenever you have a child acting out or unmotivated or depressed or having anxiety, you always wanna get to the root. You always wanna figure out the why instead of always treating the symptoms. I always love to use the example of if you've ever breastfed and then your child has a rash, you can keep treating the rash or you can get to the root of what am I eating that's causing this rash? Getting to the root and being more proactive about it versus reactive versus why am I going over there every single day when they're with my ex-husband? Why am I creating this sense of disorganization with my children in their life so then they need me to swoop in and save the day? When our kids are little, they need us so much. So that pulling away and that branching away as they spread their own wings and they get their own wings is very difficult and very tough transition. That's why teen years are so tough because we're so used to being not like a helicopter mom, but always being there and getting the water bottles and doing all the things and creating a sense of dependent on the parent versus independence. And then when they start to spread their wings, it's very threatening to a parent because they don't feel needed as much. They still need you when they enter their teen world. They just don't need you in the same way. They need you to hold the space. They need you to be a safe place to share things without judgment. They need less critical energy towards them. They need the ability to be told, you can get straight Fs and the love is still here, to take the pressure off them. If you have an overachiever or a high pressure kid, a lot of times saying that to them allows them to take a big sigh of relief and know that their worthiness and their value does not come from their grades, from their sports, from their behavior, from their accolades, from anything other than just being a regular, normal kid. And because they were born, that is their worthiness and their value. It does not get higher or lower based on things that they do because their being is already worthy and valuable. Because then they're looking external for their worthiness and their value versus looking internal because it's already there. It's almost like if you go to the hospital and you have a broken leg. That's the presenting problem, but why did the leg break so easily? What else is going on? The presenting problem is usually not what the issue actually is. What's underneath it? Look underneath the rug because the bad grades or the attitude or the whining, it's always a language to us. Our kids are not mature enough or old enough or emotionally articulate enough to say what's going on. So they show it in their behavior. They show it in their energy. 
And so sometimes it shows up as they just give up. They're just like, I'm throwing the towel because I can't really win here because all I'm doing is getting criticized and criticized and criticized from mom, from dad. I don't listen. My room's a mess. I'm a terrible student. And so they just give up just like you would if I was always on you. And I'm like, why are you doing this? Why are you feeding your kids this? Why are you sleeping that late? Why aren't you exercising? Why aren't you? Why aren't you? Why aren't you? And that emotional battering that I would be doing to you would be so unmotivating that you would just want to lay in your bed and suck your thumb all day and watch Netflix. So a lot of times our kids are getting these messages from us, this criticism that they're like, why do I even try? Because I'm never going to satisfy. I'm never going to be what they want me to be. So if I can't be what they want me to be, I'm going to throw in the towel, put on my hoodie, put on my headphones and check out, numb out. Maybe I'm video games. Maybe I'm vaping. Maybe I'm putting themselves in their own time out as they get older. They might be get super frustrated where they have a huge temper or they might just sulk and pout. They don't have as high as self-esteem. Because you know, the way to build self-esteem in yourself and in your children is to do something that you didn't think you could do and then do it. It's also keeping promises to yourself. So when you say you're going to do something and then you do what you say you're going to do, that is how you build self-esteem. It doesn't come from parents. Maybe when you were younger, it did. But once you're a grown-up, then it comes from within. So the same gift we can give to our kids. If we want our kids to have high self-esteem, then we have to have high self-esteem first and then they absorb it from us when they need it and in the quantity that they need. That's why I'm always encouraging you to stay in your lane, stay in your lane. I'm always saying to myself, Kelly, stay in your lane, stay in your lane. I say it to David, I say it to Lily, I say it to Grady. Sometimes Grady will get all up in Lily's business. I'm like, Grady, stay in your lane. Sometimes I'm all up in Lily's business. She's like, mom, stay in your lane. I'm like, thank you for that correction. You have to be open to it because it's very tempting to go in someone else's lane because it's much easier to fix and tweak someone else's life than it is to fix and tweak our own because it doesn't take any effort to criticize someone else and to judge someone else. But it takes more effort to do the things that we said that we we're going to do. And that's where the self-esteem comes from. They might procrastinate. They might have very low motivation because think about if you're trying to do something like me with the Bible app. There's so many times I want to throw in the towel. I'm like, bro, how can I not get 20 days in a row? And I hear have Lily at 185 and Grady's like rocking it too. And I'm just like trying to catch up. And so that learned helplessness, it doesn't suit you and it doesn't suit your kids. And kids will show it. They won't say, mom, I'm feeling learned helplessness. They will show it with their behavior, with low motivation, with lack of an effort, with giving up, procrastinating, wanting to lay in bed, total frustration, where they're throwing in the towel, like, why bother? And I told you about the mom I was working with. Her mom clipped her wings so much and it was everything. Whatever her mom said, whatever her mom said, whatever her mom said. She was 20 something years old and she couldn't even pick out a hairdryer from Target. And I think she's listening right now. And she told me I could share that story because she had never thought for herself. And Brooke said when she went into emotional adulthood, she couldn't pick out her own flowers. She remembers being at the store going, what kind of flowers should I get? And she wanted to call her mom. She wanted to call someone else to get their opinion. She's like, wait a minute. It's time for me to choose what kind of flowers I want. So this is a journey. This is a progression. This is not something that happens overnight, but this is something to be aware of how maybe when you were younger, especially when you got into teen land, I was talking with a mom the other day. She said, you know, I felt like my parents were always there for me and they were cheering me on. And once I became a teenager, it was like the lockdowns were starting and they were all over me and they were telling me how to think and what to do and how late to stay out, how much to study. And I said, the reason why is because your mom loved to feel needed and there's nothing wrong with feeling needed, but she was creating such a need within yourself and fulfilling that need through you. And so when you challenge that, that's when conflict started because she didn't feel as needed as much. So just know that as your kids are grown and flown and as they're going into teen or tweens, or even if they're going into kindergarten, they still need you and they just need you in a different way. 
I'm 46, I still need my parents like crazy. I just need them in a different way. I might get their opinion on what vacuum to buy, but I'm not gonna have them go buy the vacuum for me. Do you see how that's different? Because I'm gonna look within first, and then if I ask for other opinions, that's for asking for other opinions, but not I'm asking for other people to make decisions for me. That's what we're talking about with emotional adulthood versus emotional childhood. And it is a different type of life. I remember I, when I stepped into emotional adulthood, I was like, you know, emotional childhood is when you just think other people are going to do things for you, think for you, help you, and just always be there. Just like your parents were always there for you. Or maybe they weren't. Emotional adulthood is when you're like, oh, I need to figure this out myself. I remember I was single. I was 20-something years old. I was like, oh, man, I got to do my own taxes. I got to figure out what these taxes stuff is all about. This is crazy. So you might have had that eureka moment. Or you might be still calling your mom to find out what hair dryer to buy. Or your dad to find out what kind of vacuum to buy. Or what kind of flowers. And you can just be like, oh, I see what's happening. And I'm not going to do it through my kids. I'm not going to create such a dependence on myself. I'm going to create more independence because I know that when I'm creating a overly dependent child on me, I know I'm doing that for selfish reasons because I want to feel needed and I want to feel wanted because it's fulfilling a need, but that's not their job to fulfill a need within ourselves. That's our job to fill it up first. And then anything after that, it's all gravy, baby. So I hope this helped. I love you guys and I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Hey mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com and if you really wanna fill up my love cup, Send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.